You're listening to Seen the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made, probably for good reason. This week, we're talking about the 2020 horror thriller film, The Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Moss. And, as ever, alongside me, three men I can't really talk about right now because they're listening. They're in the room. I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. Okay, guys, well, welcome back. Uh, this week we're talking about The Invisible Man, so it's a continuation of uh, trying to pick a new recent film to do a sequel to. So, spoiler alert, we will be talking about detailed plot lines and revealing lots of interesting information. But before we do that, we've all seen it recently. Al, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm glad you started with me, actually. Look, I... Um went to see this this is it's compared to like our last week Shawshank Redemption or Big or whatever this is the last film I saw at the cinema right and obviously the world has changed a lot I like to think I'd have seen other films I may have seen another film by the time it's released but at this point this is the last film I sat down in cinema and watched Um, and I went to see it because it came out and I was like who gives a shit Right, Bloomhouse, um, you know, a, a you know, av, you know, another horror film, whatever. Then I started reading into it on Twitter, and there were directors like Scott Derrickson and Ryan Johnson who were unbelievably praising this film. And then I looked into Lee Wannell, and I realised I'd seen his previous film Upgrade, um, which I didn't love, but I thought was strong. And I just started getting the feeling this is this is obviously a Friday night date movie done well by you know, done well and deserves some attention. So I suggested to my girlfriend, let's go and see it. And we did. And that's exactly how I feel about it now. I've got a lot of fucking time for this film. I think it's a a date movie done brilliantly. Like I can imagine all the people that don't follow film, haven't got an interest in cinema, say, what should we go and watch? Let's go and watch The Invisible Man. And it will fucking thrill them for a night. And it's, I think it's very, um, you know, I think it's made by a very competent filmmaker who, from what I gather, has earned his stripes as a writer for a long time, and this is his big chance, and he's, I, I think he's nailed it. I think it's a brilliant slow burner. He cho- It's done on a very low budget of, like, less than 10 mil. Picked a lead that was well within budget, but an excellent actress. Um, plays vulnerable very well in Mad Men and in um, The Handmaid's Tale, and again in this. I thought it was a great idea making it about domestic violence. Um awesome idea uh you know um a woman who's um not only up against that threat of a of you know a violent um husband but also about the factors of no one believing her you know she's kind of trapped um and ultimately um every step of the way i thought the edit was great the way he picks the wide shots where you're you know the building of tension the way he builds uh, the frame where you are as an audience member are kind of understanding that he is in that frame even though you can't see him Honestly, I, I'll just sum it up there. I've got a lot of time for it. I thought it was very well done. And um, I, I think it's a great, I'm going to say this word, movie. Not necessarily film. It's not going to change the world. But it's a great fucking movie. Awesome. John? Um, yeah, I, I, I echo all of that. I, I think the main point there is that it's uh, the, the absolute key piece of brilliance of this film is centering it around domestic abuse the idea that it's an invisible man that no one can see 
and it's terrorizing this woman and then um clinging it onto a which is a very fantastical silly idea but then clinging it onto a very real world problem which is women suffering from domestic abuse and no one believing them that they are actually a victim in this thing that they're exaggerating it that they're making it up that they're um you know no one believes her from her sister to the police no one no one believes this 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 girl and yet she is suffering the most horrendous thing i think that is a it is it is a movie 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 a popcorn movie like you're saying but the thing that gives it that little extra weight is that it really does touch upon a real world problem that um is uh you know there's something to say about that in a, in a real in a real important social sense particularly from uh when you know he's a powerful man he's very successful he's powerful he's a psychotic tony stark yeah, that's what he is yeah, yeah exactly and that just leads me before joe you get your two pennies i that leads me to another fact that i thought was really good about it was the decision to make it a suit that makes you invisible rather than... That makes some, it easy for us for the sequel. Much makes, easier. Yeah, it makes it easier for us, but also <laughs> just helps the feasibility as a sci-fi film just to go with it. Um, you know, that's another factor. Awesome. Joe? I don't have much to add. It was great. Great fun. Really, really fun uh, cinema popcorn movie. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought the the casting was brilliant. I thought the sound design was excellent. Superb, yeah. The opening scene of 10 minutes, brilliant. Fantastic. Also, so well Also, done. that sound when she's in the loft and she's looking down and she throws a painting of stuff, there's that big, like, screeching sound. It's well, so, like... It has a little... Yeah. In the soundtrack, which you could say is, like, cliched, but at the same time, it, it's permanently reminding you you're watching a sci-fi film that... And that helps your believability of it throughout. I, I like that it's 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 sci-fi, not not just you know, it, and it embraces that. You Rather know, than fantasy. Gives, yeah, yeah. I, I really like that a lot. Um, I thought it gets a bit silly towards the end. I thought it got it got far less scary once you can see bits of the suit and it's flickering on and off. I thought that is it just looks a bit silly and it's not very scary. And I thought the ending was a bit silly. It was a bit it was a bit Hollywood. Oh, I, um, I really like the ending. I, no, I still I liked it. I wanted it to end that way. I wanted her to be you know like empowered yeah I, I guess the problem that I've got with it is that like can she really get away with this like you've established in 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 you know the actions that preceded it that it is it is a possibility that you can have a cloak that makes you invisible Harry Potter so just like Harry Potter so you've established that are the cops really going to turn up and say oh hey yeah you know yeah sure I think they get he, killed, he killed himself it certainly looks like it on the videotape and had I not if, yeah, if, I, if I knew that you couldn't go invisible yes I would believe this but, but so but, much so much craziness has been established prior to that that like that through, through many days like uh, like this guy can get away with being invisible and I no one it. else I get it I liked it a lot it didn't detract much I, I really 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 and enjoyed it I thought it was a fun fun uh, popcorn film there was a big part of me that wanted to it to end on like basically her just looking at camera or him saying surprise and you know because it's a satisfying moment but it carried on a bit longer and I just think it's a fucking well made film man like she just closes her eyes sharp cut to black done the journey is over her, is. her cool. ordeal is over great don't you think now. it's um, fascinating that we're still talking about the work of H.G. Wells, you know, 120 years later, when you talk about the quality of that work and then the way it's been interpreted as well, you know, I think his, his sort of three classics, War of the World, Time Machine, The Invisible Man. I mean, they're stalwarts 
of movie history and interpretation, yeah. aren't they? They well, really well, are. Well, I think it gets to the core of what a lot of people uh, worry about or suffer from. Same, same with Stephen King, like we spoke about in the in the Shawshank Redemption. You know, War of the Worlds is every every single person in the whole world. Doesn't matter what background you're from, how wealthy you are, whatever what your upbringing is. We can all imagine like an, an alien invasion is is recognisable to all of us. Like that's something we can all think about. We can all understand what it would be like to be invisible or be tracked by an invisible person. Like they're just time, time yeah they're just timeless uh they, life, they, they, they just... cut through it doesn't matter who you are what gender you are mm. how old you are how rich you are what country you're born in they're just uh you know deeply human sort of conditioned right. stories yeah well this is obviously one of the big films of the summer so it's no wonder um that studio interested in a sequel you know let's, let's strike while the iron's hot so, who's got some thoughts? How can we better the first? Yeah, I can go. Go on then, just, just briefly, I think it, it, it's so obviously set up for a sequel, even though they've said it's not, it's a standalone film, right? As in, if you want there to be a sequel, there can be a sequel. The suit survives, she walks out with the suit. Where's she going with the suit? In my head, she's she's going... I think she she's going to destroy it, but she doesn't. Uh, and she becomes the invisible woman. Yeah, that's, that uh, was mine goes, as well. She goes on a... I think the first half of the film, for me, she is like an invisible superhero of justice for women. Right, she takes... Oh my God, this is exactly the same as mine. to the streets and she destroys and kills men... <laughs> she takes to who, the streets. ...who, uh, who, who abuse <laughs> their power good- uh, and their gender and their influence on women and she is, you know, judge and executioner. Um, judge Dredd. I think from... And, that, and that's how you sell the film for me as the invisible woman. Judge right? Mildred. That's the concept. I think the turning point of the film, the surprise turning point for me, is that uh, her friend, um, whose character name I forget. The cop. The cop. Um, knows what's going on, right? He pieces this together and because th- he's the only one He that is knows. kind of in it on the end, isn't he? He does let, let yeah, yeah, her get he away, get away with it. He doesn't look too happy about it, though. Reluctantly he get he let reluctantly, yeah, he does, yeah. But I think he's not happy about this. He's not happy about how she's become a vigilante. And the turning point in the film for me is where she kills him. She becomes oh, shit. stronger and yet she, she, it turns her into something else. She starts with okay. you know, the right intentions, turns her into something else. She becomes, halfway through the film, you don't put this in the trailer, the poster or anything, she becomes the evil, invisible woman. Yeah. Fascinating. So, so I've and got... who's going to take her down? Okay, so so the I've... Da- the, the daughter of the cop who has now been killed. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so I hadn't really thought about that thing, but I, I my idea had thematically uh, rings almost almost exactly true with that. So, yeah, I saw her having the suit and she does good, but actually she is a negative force. And thematically, if the first film was about domestic abuse and the abuse she suffered and no one believes her, the second film is actually about the lingering effect of that and actually while it looks like at the end of the first film that she's gotten away from the domestic abuse actually the abuse has turned her into the abuser and she is and so so actually in a way his abuse has worked all along so it's quite a macabre sort of yeah, thing turned her into but, a but she hasn't got away with this scot-free she has become 
uh, callous and cold and uh, uncaring. And, you know, that's that's a language that she's picked up from him through his constant abuse. And she has become um, the perpetrator of horrible things rather than the victim. Well, I guess it's detachment, isn't it? Because if you're detaching yourself from reality, then that's, you can create your own, can't you? Al, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I thought my idea was quite good, but after listening to the guys, um, I actually think mine's probably a bit more generic, but um, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with my opening shot as well, because I was thinking about this. Do so, you love an opening shot? Can we have sound effects? Well, it was the crashing waves in the first one. Maybe something similar, although we did You that. love we, a crashing wave, don't you? Not my fault. Okay, Is I there a lamb shank in this? So, okay, crickets. Country night um, sort of uh, a- atmosphere. Crickets. Oh, not crickets. Not- <laughs> 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 no, so it's like the sound of um, uh, a rural evening. And we cut in to a room shot wide like he did so well in the first one and suddenly she pulls the mask down and she was in that frame and we didn't even know it and she was wearing the suit right and she's sort of looking to camera and she's playing around with the idea of becoming as you guys both agreed the invisible woman Mm -hmm. um where i went with it was that our new villains would be the board of the company and they want the fucking suit man this is like the best thing he's ever invented they're fucking after it so we started with that establishing shot. Then she's living a life and she's moved to a country house and like away from, you know, at perils. She's, you know, an architect working remotely, whatever. Maybe she built her own house. I don't know. Um, and then we have like a, a cat and mouse opening sequence of someone trying to break in. And she has to maybe, maybe not to defend herself, manages to fight this person off. Scary opening cat and mouse kind of haunted house element. The board come and visit her and are acting like they're playing playing nice, saying, we can offer you this money for the suit. Fuck that. She's never going to give it up. And she p- plays dumb. She's like, I don't know where it is. I, I, you know, I haven't got it. So then, aggressively, the board, the corporate corruption of this board start trying to get the suit to the point that they kidnap the girl from the college she's paid her to go to and try and, um, you know, and I agree, I think the cop's going to die as well. Like they, they take him out maybe when he's trying to protect her or something and they kidnap the girl. So she's no longer got the option, but to hand over the suit and it's a genre switch. Like I think we all know it has to go a genre switch where she has to infiltrate and take on for lack of a better expression, like the corporate mob. Um, and she does that as the invisible woman. Okay, well, we've got three sort of similar patterns here. Uh, if I was going to take a stab, I like Joe's, oh, and I like God. I like her character arc because corporate. Thank God, did you hate mine that much? No, no, it's not <laughs> so, I, 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 thought, I really like mine. I thought I, mm. basically John's right. It's the same. It's the same. Basically, so same let's, like, like I have to say, like I said, I thought mine was good. You you pit me here. I like it. Yeah, good. good. So we got up to the point where she's adopted the suit. She's champion for women. She's tackling on men. You know, she's essentially the good person. But at some point, there is yeah. A, but but a, I'm not sure she is that good though. I oh, think oh. I think she There's might see herself as good, and but she 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 continually sees herself as good. But actually, from the objective lens. She is not good anymore. Like okay. she is, let's she go, is. You get, you get both. That's what Joe said. There's a good switch at your hour <laughs> point where she makes 
a decision, a turn, and she ends up doing a bit with Michael Corleone. She she becomes the enemy. I think she gets more and more questionable in the actions that she takes up until and and to the point where the cop uh he um you know he he tackles it he says this is no longer okay uh confronts her and then in doing so she then uses the suit to get rid of him you know like to to write him out because yeah. she, he is going to expose her for all the great work that she's doing for women everywhere exactly. like, like any vigilante like you know if, you, if you're going to take batman batman won't take any shit will he like he's like his is his way or the highway batman won't take any <laughs> shit yeah but you know what i mean i don't want to get like too arty like i know what this uh, too psych psychological i know i know what this um uh podcast but you know like it, I do like the idea of her being the victim, the, the victim uh, of the domestic abuse, and that's horribly tortured her, and now that's warped her. You know, it's the same as... Um, Sleeping you know, with the enemy. I don't know. Yeah, it's like like kids that grow up in horrible situations, mm. you know, like, you know, if you watch Mindhunter or that sort of stuff, they're more prone to doing horrible stuff. And it's not it's not because they see it, it's not because they want to be evil. It's just that the pattern of learning that they've that they've gone through means that their evil stuff is more normalized for them. I think um the switch when she kills the cop is I think that could be the beginning of it in the way that it's kind of an accident. You know, there's a struggle, there's an argument, there's a very dramatic scene, and he ends up dead, rather than her maybe hunting him down and killing him in cold yeah, blood. But but I would say that if she does that, she then immediately legitimises it in her own mind as something okay. Like, she's okay with it. She's like, well, that that person was standing against the greater good, therefore and that that's a, that's a casualty of war, but the war is bigger than that person. And sure. that action changes her physically like you know that, that changes her her um you know undisguised personality and, and appearance slightly right she becomes oh, no, she, she becomes no, she, like the wicked witch of the no, west she, and, wizard of Oz. colder so at his funeral for example she doesn't shed a tear okay, and yeah, the daughter yeah, sure. recognizes that and starts to piece and research and look at like she thinks that a invisible being ha- must have been present in order for to for her to get the better of her yeah, because Father. she knows about the invisible stuff. She or she, she's yeah. experienced that. That's and, and her soul becomes increasingly invisible. Like you know, she's okay, she's, like cold. She's go- yeah, she's she's going. She's just, yeah. and like you know that she's a great actress, Elizabeth Moth. She but is. But the great things like Al Pacino's yeah. never going to you know top it. She's a great actress. Al Pacino. No, but the best transition <laughs> ever is the Michael Corleone Corleone transition, right? And we could have her... I don't know, man. Hobbs in um, Fast and Furious from Bad okay, Guys. Maybe Brian, maybe Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. But, like, that kind of transition is what we could give to her, maybe, if we're going to make she, her... She is, uh, she is bang up for that. She is a fucking good actress. Okay, so we've got, really good. we've got to the point where there's been an accident, the girl finds out. How do we tie this up? So where do we go? Because bearing in mind, she's invisible. How are we going to tie this film up to an end? Or is it going to be part of one of our trilogies okay. where it doesn't But happen? she's not is- always invisible. She's, like, invisible on choice she's got the suit here's what i like the um so so the funeral happens the the girl starts getting more more and more suspicious the 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 daughter she looks into it she goes through all of her uh dad's sort of like old files that he keeps at home and all that stuff and starts piecing together a case beautiful mind yeah she starts piecing this together 
Um, we do Jesus. love the beautiful mind newspaper clipping wall. Yeah, 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 with, yeah. With, with like the algorithms, like like, well, like we've uh, big goonies, a uh, number of other films. Now we've got yeah, this. Yeah, she carry discovers on. the you know the the case files that he's been looking into that that, that basically provides evidence that someone is using a suit again. Yeah, she and should it, be looking it, at it in an attic. Yeah, it like dusty. Points, yeah, yeah, and it all points to goonies. Elizabeth Moss. Um, she uses her father's key key card like you know the the, the police <laughs> yes. like you know goes into the evidence room definitely and picks out the suit used in the first film right that is just left in evidence and it's like a there. bit broken two, i would think there's two suits right because they shot the brother yeah wearing one and also going around what you said about oh i'd believe this if there was someone invisible he says the cop at the end says we've got a suit in evidence yeah, yeah. right now I, which obviously did something but it doesn't work anymore yeah. so they don't know but, you know, and I also love the idea that they've got this super high tech suit and what what is the what is the US government doing with it it's just an evidence locker <laughs> So maybe, cool. maybe, maybe the, the 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 cop, the dad, who's now dead, has been and and as well as looking into this, has also been looking into the technology that made all of this possible. He's nearly pieced it together, and uh, and she comes in. The daughter comes in, steals it from the evidence room, pieces it together using the the you know the memoirs of her dad and some other bit of tech that she somehow realizes, and uses the suit to go invisible to find the murderer. Great. Okay, well, I like that. So, uh, Al, any more thoughts? Well, I was thinking we are just talking about wrapping it up. So, um, maybe it always seems to be with the new releases that we're talking, uh, like, a third episode, maybe. But the journey from this one would be her transition to becoming kind of the badass um, invisible woman who's debatable morally. And maybe she's found out by by the end, and therefore, like, there's a manhunt for her, and she becomes the official villain and fugitive for the third episode, where she, she's known and is a thing. Well, yeah, well, well, maybe, um, or or it could be that the that the that the kind of pattern for the movies is that in the in the first movie, um, the guy puts on a suit and he becomes bad through the suit. In the second movie, the woman becomes on the woman becomes the bad person through putting on a suit. So it could actually be the 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 theme for the franchise. Could could be that the suit is the thing that ultimately corrupts people yeah i like it like yeah, yeah i like that and, and so so we're saying that the invisible girl is coming soon right invisible girl invisible boy invisible dog there's a frisbee frame through the air and it suddenly it seems off how is that what a what a throw! Okay, so let's talk. Comes back. To <laughs> Hang on, just to round off the actual yeah, ending, yeah, I sure. think I think that the girl kills Elizabeth Moss in in your fantasy ending of the first one of the first one. The way you wanted it to end was like you know a stab to the heart, reve- like you know the reveal the head surprise. surprise, and then and then it ends, and then you know a couple of months later after the the the, the huge hit that this is going to be, Invisible Girl coming soon. I was going to suggest the Invisible Women. And then you got a t- you got a, a tag team. Okay, so titles. Let's just go straight to that. If we're talking about it, what are we going to call it? What are we on the third? Invisible episode? Woman. <laughs> well, <laughs> this one's called the Invisible, Invisible Woman. Woman all the way. Yeah. Lovely. I think that's just a great title as well, isn't it's it? Fit. Like Invisible Man, Invisible Woman. Like it's yeah. perfect. In fact, I ima- like I imagine there's going to be a sequel to this because it's been a real family, a real <laughs> success. Lee Wannell is um, you know I'm really happy for him on this and he and he looks I just think he's done a great job but he's doing the Wolfman next right which worries me um, but he's got Gosling involved so obviously something's good there but um, 
I think Lee Wannell will do this again as well. Okay, for direction cast. Yeah, well, we've got new characters, haven't we? No, like Moss is definitely back. Like she nailed the first one, mm. and then the same supporting cast, right? So, so um, Storm Reed is the girl. I think that's her name. Weird name, uh, and I don't know the cop's name, but him, he's back as well. Um, is there anyone else that we can bring well, back? There, there, it's whatever her sort of adversaries are. Didn't we say that there's some people that she's like cleaning, that, cleaning guess, up on the streets and yeah, stuff? They're, it's they're, that. they're new characters. The, the, the problem with this factor is that basically most of the other characters end up dead, right? Which, yes, which so, brings me to an honourable mention to the Chinese restaurant scene when the sister dies. Oh, in the yeah, first great one, scene. Yeah. Which is... Okay, you just turn your nose up, Joe. No, no, I was, I was, yeah, no, that was an expression of praise. No, I think nobody, that's <laughs> no, but nobody saw that coming. And like he talks, about, Lee Wong spoke about the writing and has the banter with the waiter. When he sends the audience to relax well, so completely, the actor's name's like the the waiter's name's like Jacob or something. So like, okay, yeah. Jacob. And also, she looks at that floating knife. Yeah, and she and she doesn't go, "Oh my god!" She goes, "What the fuck?" I was, and then the audience. The audience do the same thing. They, all you do is look at it and say, oh. And then before you know it, her throat's slit. I, I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. So there's an establishing shot of the knife from where, so when it's from Moss's perspective, looking at her sister. And her sister starts to just like, like just her eyes just like start moving. And then it switches to looking uh, at Moss. And then you see the knife floating. Like it's such a subtle piece of direction and, and also acting. But it, it's really, really powerful. Like it's really, really good, um, it's really good editing. Editing, tension building, um, like I said, I've got a lot of time for this director. I think he did a great job, yeah. Good stuff. Well, I think that's nice. We've summed it up nicely. Cast, direction, title. Who wants to do the all-important pitch? I'm not going to do this one because my idea got canned in the first third of this. So, <laughs> I'll do it briefly. So better. So better. I just think it's... it's so is, better. Uh, I actually <laughs> thought it was a nice thing to do to say it was your idea. Go for it, boys. But whatever, I'm the cunt. <laughs> Joe, Joe, the invisible Joe. woman hate it. <laughs> Joe, yeah, John, sorry, this is going to be shit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Joe, let's have it. Okay, so the invisible woman. We return with the invisible woman. A film sold in the marketing as Elizabeth Moss being an almost superhero uh, using the suit that she stole at the end of the first film uh, to. Uh, wreak havoc on uh, bad people everywhere, on domestic abuse and violence against women. She's had enough, and she's taking it to the streets. Um, she, the power gets <laughs> the streets of San Francisco, baby. The, the power gets to her head, uh, and she starts, I guess, crossing crossing lines, making judgment upon people where the evidence isn't necessarily all there. Um, the cop, her, her good buddy, who was sort of, you know, played played a part in her getting away with the murder in the, at the end of the first film, starts piecing together some of these murders. He's doing his own research to figure out who, uh, what, what's going on here. Has someone created a second suit, or is it her that has used the suit, the suit that she stole in the, at the end of the first film? Um, she, he confronts her, um, and in that confrontation, she ends up killing him she will not allow anyone to get in her way of what she sees as justice this happens about halfway through the movie the turning point where she of of sort of no return where we've established that this suit has actually made her a much darker person that she has almost become um the, the you know like like her her boyfriend was in the first film um 
the the young girl who is now orphaned or, or left by herself um, uh, from her father's death starts seeing some coldness in her uh, Elizabeth Moss's character's eyes. She's not crying at the funeral. She's starting to get icier and icier. She goes into the attic where her father's uh, sort of case files have been perfectly mapped out on the wall, just like the Goonies or beautiful mind beautiful minds whatever it is perfectly mapped out she then pieces together the rest of it goes to the uh, the police station steals the soup from the first movie and takes her down uh, stabs her at the end of the film uh, revealing her face floating head at the end just to say surprise <laughs> oh. did, did we even talk about that no but I love well, you heard it here first. If you haven't seen the first film, you've now heard the second, The Invisible Woman. Uh, but we'd like to know what you think. Uh, don't forget to find us on Twitter at Seen the Sequel. Leave some comments on Instagram. Uh, rate us five stars. And yeah, nice one, guys. We'll see you next time.